0: I don't really care. I'm-, I'm only gonna say this once. We're here to take over. This is gonna be fun. <laughs> You're killing your father, Larry. The people know it. <laughs> I see what all the excitement is about. Yeah, my man, I made it happen. Huh? Hi, I'm Paul. Three, two, one, let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Paul Show. My name is P-A-U-L, Paul, and it is a wonderful Tuesday today. It is Tuesday, April 21st, um, and I was on Facebook earlier this evening, and I saw, um, came across a guy who I knew five years ago or so, and uh, this guy knew him five years ago when we were freshmen in college and he's like, Hey, uh I'll give you forty dollars to do my homework and or basically I, I can't remember what exactly it was, but it was to do some sort of schoolwork for him and uh so that he could pass and and I did it and he said he would pay me forty dollars. I never got the money and uh now he's having a kid. So uh guess what, bitch, I win. That's how that works. But um uh, but, yeah, keep your forty dollars spending on diapers. I don't really care, so uh, I just thought that was funny but uh yeah and and if you're thinking to yourself well paul what what if you know what if th- he's really looking forward to fatherhood and and was planning for this and wanted to be a dad at at twenty one or however old he is, um I can tell you right now that ain't the case, so um, so yeah, but um <laughs> but anyways. Yeah, it is April 21st and a couple nights ago I had the pleasure of watching the Last Dance documentary on ESPN. It was a if you've seen that documentary, you know what I'm talking about, but basically it is for anyone who lives under a rock. It is a um a documentary about the 90s Bulls and kind of the centering around their final season, right? So uh, looks at Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Jerry Krause, the GM, uh, Phil Jackson, you know the, the ownership, all that. So, uh, very good documentary. The first couple episodes, you know, I think that Michael Jordan was worried about how this was going to make him look and make him uh, change the perception that people have of him, and and all that. And I think that it could, to a certain degree, and to a certain demographic of people, it sure, it it probably will. But, like, it's also going to be a very good thing because I, I think that not a lot of people understand what it takes to be a winner at that level and just a, an all-around savage like Michael Jordan was. And, and I think that it can sometimes be taken for granted that those people exist and and that those people just willed what they, what they did into existence. And so I think this will be a good kind of reality check to be like, oh, no, 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 like, he was super, super intense. He was just 0 to 100 and pretty much broke the switch off when he got to 100 and, and just wouldn't let it go down. And, you know, I think that that's going to be a good kind of reminder to people, like, hey, this is what it takes to be successful at that level. And, uh, and yeah, you do have to kind of make, uh, break some eggs to make an omelet every once in a while, and you do kind of have to be an asshole on, on certain occasions, there. So, you know, I think that that is a that's going to be. A, a, I, I think it'll bring a more realistic uh, view of those type of people to uh, to everybody's attention, which is good. And then uh, the other, the second episode of that was kind of centered around Scottie Pippen and his um, pay and, and just the way he was paid, and he was not paid fairly. And so basically what happened is he signed a long-term deal in the early nineties before the NBA took off. Like it was before the 92 Olympics before all this stuff kind of happened. And the, um, you know, during the the bulls first three peat, 91, 92, 93, it was really, that was kind of the boom of the NBA that, that period of time was really where the balloon filled up and, and the NBA really blew up and, uh so Scotty Pippen signed his contract before that happened so revenues were kind of lower than what they would become and and you know, there was a lot of things that you couldn't have foreseen happening i mean some people could have foreseen it like uh, i'm sure if you had asked david stern he probably would have he probably would have been like yeah yeah, yeah this is going to happen yeah, yeah yeah we're we're getting there and um and, but i mean if you had asked like a guy like scotty Pippen or um Jerry Krause even, he probably wouldn't have really known what was going to happen and known that things were going to blow up to the level that they did. And, you know, so – and like Scottie Pippen, it shows in the documentary, he came from extreme, extreme poverty and and was raised in that environment. And so it's not hard to see why he signed the contract he did for – I think it was $18 over seven years or something like that. So he's making – little under two a little over two million a year. And um yeah, I mean it's not hard to see when you when you come from an, an environment where you have nothing and then a contract's put in front of you that has security, that has all this the things that you want and and that you've really been working your entire life to get. It's not hard to see why you, you sign that contract. Why you sign for seven years and why you sign kinda of your negotiating rights away. It's like, oh I, I don't even care. I don't even care. I just want the you know, I want that security. I want that. Um, and he he had 12 siblings, so, I mean, it's not unheard of that, you know, he's a millionaire and he takes care of everybody. I mean, that's pretty common, I think. And, and um, so, yeah, it, it, it does make you feel bad for Scottie Pippen. It makes you, uh, you know, I, I don't think he would – I'm sure if you asked him, he would probably say, you know, if you asked him, did you need to be berating Jerry Krause on the bus – He would probably say now, no, uh, I probably could have gone gone about it another way, but you know, you you know where he was coming from because everything changed, the whole landscape changed. in In the nineties, you know, while his contract was kind of in force and and non negotiable, and then the only thing that didn't change was so revenues changed, ticket sales changed, all everything changed that kind of goes into these contract negotiations and the only thing that did not change was, uh, Skype salary. And, and that's just, you know, the, the bulls I think kind of had a gotcha in that situation and they told him not to sign it. I mean, that's, I mean, watch a documentary. I'm not going to sit here and explain the whole thing, but, um, yeah, I mean they told him not to sign it and he did and, but it's not hard to see where he's coming from, but it's also, you know, it's a tough situation, right? It's not an easy thing to, uh, wrap your mind around and and really understand, especially if you know I'm not in that situation. I've, I'm not being paid to be an athlete by any stretch of the imagination. So, you know, I think that it just is, um, you know, it's tough, right? It's really tough, but you know, overall, good documentary. I, I liked the I liked the product. I liked what ESPN. ESPN is so good. They're so good at their, their documentaries, their uh, 30 for 30 series. It's, it's just, it's out of this. I mean, I can watch one of those about something I give no shits about. And I will come out of that going, I am a, like, like, you just come out and you're like, that's the best thing I've ever seen. And it doesn't matter what it's about. Like, um, I I'm not a Red Sox fan at all, but I remember I watched the four days in October, 30 for 30, and I'm like, go Red Sox when that thing was done I was like let's go Boston uh, about about to get me a hat but uh but anyways yeah I mean it just they're so good at what they do and they've got it down pat and they know who to who to get to direct these things to make them into what they are and and god ESPN the 30, for 30 is just so so good and and if you haven't seen um I watched the Chuck and Tito one, the Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz one, not too long ago either, and that was very good as well. So if you haven't seen that one, check it out. But, yeah, no, I love what ESPN is doing with The Last Dance and just all their all their documentaries, all their 30 for 30s. You know, I think that they do something really, really cool with those. So um, check it out if you haven't, if you, if you don't know what I'm talking about. But, uh, but yeah, the 90s Bowl is, is, is crazy. I'm not even a big basketball fan, but... You know, I've I've gone down the YouTube rabbit hole of of 90s bull stuff. And um, I remember one thing that always used to get me motivated back in the day, like when I say back in the day, like I'm like I'm an old timer Um, (laughs) back in the day as in uh, seven years ago. But uh, but yeah, like the one thing that would always get me motivated is there's an interview that Michael Jordan did when he turned 50 of uh, with Ahmad Rashad. And they kind of go through his his career. And it's like a mini documentary of Michael Jordan. It's really good. It's out on YouTube if you want to find it. But that, that thing would always just get me like, it's just you see that guy's mentality. Sorry, I'm going off on Michael Jordan again. But, you know, you see that guy's mentality and you see the way he attacks basketball and the way he attacks everything that he does in life. And for me, at least, that just makes me want to do that in whatever I'm doing. So that makes me want to hit the gym harder and, and all that. So, you know, um, I've always gotten inspiration from, from Michael Jordan and, and the nineties bulls. And there's a dream team documentary that is really, really good too. That's kind of in that same vein. I, for some reason I identify with, with basketball a little bit more than the other mainstream sports, if you will. And, uh, you know, like more, way more than football, but you know, I think it's probably because the um it's probably because the athletes are a little bit more human in basketball and and they seem a little bit more accessible and and maybe that's just me but I I don't know. I think that there's something to that. I think that they they're a lot more open on social media and and uh it's not hard to see why, right? Because the the NBA is very player friendly. Their their structure is very per- player friendly. Um, The NFL is not. So, you know, I I think that athletes in the NFL sometimes are acting out of a fear of of not wanting to... I mean, I don't know. I I can't sit here and and pretend to know why NFL athletes act the way they do. I mean, God, I I have never danced in, in that circle. But anyways... Yeah, 90s Bulls, amazing. One of the best. I mean, probably the best basketball team of, of a generation. I mean, just amazing. And personally, they've been a, a source of, of inspiration for me for a long time. So, uh, But, yeah, kind of moving on from that and kind of going into what they inspire me to do, and that's work out. Um, I a couple of weeks ago, I bought some gymnastics rings just cuz i i was you know i'm at my parents house and um i came here for this little quarantine business and we don't have a pull up bar they don't have you know a gym equipment really so you know i i brought my elastic bands i ordered some gymnastics rings and and i've been doing a lot of work on the on the gymnastics rings like pull ups rows uh put my feet on a ladder and and lean back and do rows um, kind of isometric holds in a lot of different positions and stuff like that. And it is amazing, like how my body responds so well to that kind of stuff, like to the calisthenics side of things. Like, uh, I've been doing pushups and that and pushups and ring work and, and all this stuff. And, you know, I can just tell, like, I just feel stronger and I just feel like, um, uh, my body feels more willing and able to move in, in the ways I want it to. And, um, you know, I'm not sure I would have predicted that from, from working on the rings. I thought, oh yeah, these will be good to just do pull-ups and, um, and all that. But like now I'm to the point where two weeks ago I couldn't do dips on the rings. And now I'm doing like, I'm repping out sets of six dips. So it's like, it's just stuff like that. And it's really cool to kind of, uh, attack something like that. and, especially something that I'm so bad at, like gymnastics rings. Like, I mean, you watch like gymnast videos, like male gymnasts on, female too, but I mean, male gymnasts on YouTube and the stuff that they can do on those rings is incredible. And so I watch that and I'm like, I am the weakest person on the entire planet. Like, I can't, like, I'm surprised I can get out of bed in the mornings. But uh, but anyways, like, yeah, it's just it's cool to kind of go go into something as a beginner again because like with working out, I'm to the point now where I kind of I have you know I still look at it as a skill and there's still things I work on and, and try to develop. But um, you know, I'm kind of proficient in, in a lot of stuff. Like I, get, I do squats with decent form, um, deadlifts with decent form. You know everything I do is is with pretty good form I think and. It's just cool to now be doing something where my form isn't great. My I, First of all, my ability to do it with bad form is not there. So that has I have to first get myself to the point where I can just muscle through stuff and then start working on form. And maybe that's a bad way to approach it. I don't know, but um, that's the way I tend to do things. So, you know, uh, but yeah, the the rings, like I'm just so surprised at how much stronger – my body feels like, I don't feel like, um, my back doesn't hurt. My lower back doesn't hurt, which is always kind of a, um, sore spot for me and, and all that. So, you know, like just some of the aches and pains that I I have lifting weights and doing normal stuff, you know, it's nice to kind of get a break from that. And now just doing this calisthenics and doing body weight stuff and ring work and just working on like, holding yourself up with your hands at your sides or doing dips or, um, you know, pulling yourself up into like a pull-up position and then doing leg raises from there. Like stuff like that where it's like you, you have to use your entire body. Um, that stuff's fun. And, and that's what's really made my body feel a lot stronger, uh, just in the last two weeks that I've had them. And last week I, I mean, last week it was cold and rainy. So, I couldn't really get outside and use my rings at, at all last week, so it was really, I I, did, um, I used them twice the week before that because it was kind of nice, and then um, not at all last week. Once last week actually at the end of the week, and then now once this week at the beginning of the week. So, uh, but it's just crazy like how many times my body just responds to this kind of training so well, and, and it's something that I'm definitely gonna. Um, kind of keeping the cycle once this whole quarantine stuff ends too. I mean, it's not gonna, I, I've kind of thought to myself like, wow, I should be doing this way more because I feel so good doing it. And I feel like I feel strong and healthy and all that stuff. So, you know, I, I love just doing the calisthenics and doing ring workout. And I've really had to kind of fall in love with that kind of stuff because I can't do nothing. If I do nothing, I will just blow up and, uh, I like to eat too much to do not, do nothing, especially during this uh, coronavirus quarantine. It's kind of hard to find stuff to do when you're locked in a house, other than just eat. So <laughs> eating is eating is the great American pastime, right? But yeah, I mean, it's just been fun to kind of do the calisthenics and and just getting outside a bit more with uh, with training and and getting outside with just with everything. I mean, like going for walks and and. Everything. I mean, it's just so nice to be able to, and not that I didn't get outside before because I am a pretty active human being and I I do kind of take advantage of, of going outside, especially now that I have my dog and all that. Like, I, I go for walks probably two, three times a week, even in the wintertime. Like, it just is, it's something I, I'm always outside, but it's nice now just being able to do that more and not having to be cooped up in an office all day. And not even that I'm, you know, like just outside all the time now. Like, it's not the case. Like, there's still work to be done. But, you know, it is nice to be able to go take five minutes and have a cup of coffee outside and just kind of taking that fresh air and, and all that. And, like, tonight, we, um, my family just got kayaks. And so we went down to, I posted on my Instagram, but we went down to the lake that's right by our house. And, um, went kayaking and it was just so much fun. Cause it's like, it's, it's being active. It's all the stuff that I love, like being active, being outside, um, being in the water, all that stuff. Like, I love that type of stuff. So being able to do that type of stuff and stay active and, um, just focus. Like I, my focus has been more on just trying to stay active and, and keep it, keep moving versus This is what I have to do when I go to the gym. And, like, I think a lot of times, like, my focus can kind of be go to the gym, come home, eat, go to work. You know, like, you just kind of get in that robotic cycle. Um, And then, you know, on the weekends, you you get outside and you do stuff. But it's kind of hard during the week. So now I'm just focused on trying to get outside as much as I can If, if the weather is allowing me to get outside and that's part of the way I handle I'm dealing with this whole uh coronavirus quarantine thing as well like it just I don't like being cooped up like I don't like I don't like stuff being off limits you know what I mean that doesn't it just isn't fun to me you know and and I mean obviously it's a pandemic it's not supposed to be fun right but um and obviously that's a sacrifice that everybody's having to make right now. It's not just me. So that helps. But also just finding other stuff to do other than, you know, the usual. And so just switching it up and spending more time outside and spending more time um, being active outside, not just, you know, doing the normal stuff. So the quarantine, it's been about a month and a half of this. uh probably about a month month and change i wouldn't say quite a month and a half yet but it's been a month and change since this whole quarantine business started and you know it's it's kind of taken a toll and and you know we think we can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel i mean we're in iowa so we're going to be i knew when this thing when this all started um i said i've said this to everybody who was talking about this in january february i said well it's going to hit the coast first right? This whole coronavirus thing, it's going to hit the coast first. We'll be the last ones to get it. So, which also means that we're going to be the last ones to come through it, which is fine. But, um, it just is, you know, we think we can see the light at the end of the tunnel, but that can all change, right? I mean, it, it, that's not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed that, there, that the light is near. It's not guaranteed that, uh, we don't know how fast everything's going to open back up once it starts, and and are people just going to go out and get sick? You know, there's a lot of questions going on about about what is really going to happen when this whole thing kind of shakes out, and you know, it's it's tough, and and this is kind of the time where you know motivation is lowering a, a decent amount. You know, uh, you know when you first start working from home and and doing that kind of stuff your motivation's pretty high and you're kind of, you're hyped to be able to work from home and, and all that. But now I'm like, the productivity is down, you know, all the stuff that you kind of take for granted when you, when you, like I work in an office. So when I go to the office, there's something to be said for going to an office. And and for me, it's a compartmentalizing thing, right? So there's something to be said for going to the office and this is where I work. You know when you're working from home and when you're doing that, it's like, well, this is where I work, eat, sleep, work out, like I do everything here, so it's not like I can just it's not as easy to just compartmentalize things and you can get distracted easy and and um you kind of have to take advantage of spurts of motivation when you get them and it, it just is tough and and I'm so looking forward to. Um, just kind of getting back on track and getting back on a good schedule. So, you know, I think that we're about a couple weeks away now from, from this whole thing. I, right now the, the guidelines in Iowa are April 30th. That's kind of the date that we're looking at and all that. And so, you know, right now we're about two ish weeks away from stuff opening back up or at least returning to some semblance of normal. Right. And I know that, you know, like, like I said, I came to my parents' house for this quarantine thing and I've been here for about a month and a half. And, and, and that's probably part of it too. Right. Cause like I have my own place. Like I live by myself in, in an apartment in Des Moines and I came here, which is about 40, 45 minutes outside of Des Moines, right on a lake. Like it's a, it's a good setup we got here. And, um, you know, it's just nice being here because I, I do have my dog, and so I'm not having to, like, walk through the hallways and take him out and um, just not having to kind of be cooped up in my 400-square-foot apartment all the time. And, and it has been nice being here. But at the same point in time, like, now it's we're to the point where I miss my apartment. I miss just having my own space and having um, my own thing. Like Like, I... I went back to my—I've been back to my apartment a few times, and it just feels so nice to, like, flop down in my own bed and, and, like, sit on my own couch. And even though it's not the best couch in the world and not the best bed in the world, it's still, like, it's mine. You know what I mean? And that's something that is always really—I um, miss that. I miss just kind of being in my own space and being in my own— and for, for whatever that's worth, you know, like, and just being in my own— having my own thing going and, and having my own kind of rituals and, and routines and all that. So, you know, it's it's end of April right now. We're all going to get through it, right? It's not going to be something that – it's and the question now is just how long is it going to last? And I think we're all kind of starting to see it's going to last into May probably, into June. Uh, July 1 is probably a good – time frame for things kind of loosening up to the point where it's normal again and uh so yeah i mean it which is fine it just is it's, it's kind of a long road and it's kind of something that everybody's dreading i think so but you know we'll get through it and um as long as those last dance documentaries keep coming through we will persevere we will keep doing our thing um so yeah, that is, that's pretty much all I got for tonight. As always, subscribe to this podcast on whatever channel you get it from. Follow me on social media at paul underscore dheart. Follow me online at thepaulshow.net. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I got. So as always, stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, and I will talk to everybody in the next episode. Bye. Later.